this is Jen, and this is the Let's Chat Paranormal podcast. I'm here with my brother Eric and my boyfriend Jesse. Say hi, guys. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? And we are here for episode 42. Today we're going to be talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Wee! I'm going to download a... Uh, a clapping, like a laugh track. Oh, you know, like, I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say making it clap thing. I was all like, <laughs> we came real hood rat in here. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of hood rat, Eric's going to try uh, one of H-E-B's new delectables. We are not sponsored by, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but it's a hood rat snack but for it's sure. A, it's a hood rat snack. But I want to say it... it <clears throat> It crosses a lot of lines. It's because me and Jesse tried it and <laughs> we were see. very uncomfortable with it. Yeah, we didn't know how to feel about this. Wait, oh. before you try it, let's say what it is. It's like a it's like a jello that is like the So it's mango puree in a gelatin form with chamoy. Oh my god. This is how we're oh starting off god. the episode. All right, let's see. Let's see. Oh no. What the hell is that? An what abomination. That? Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Bill Cosby would be proud of wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Let me take a picture. <laughs> Bill Cosby would be very proud of that, sir. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> it goes in the mouth. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh. That, that's a no, I assume. <laughs> it doesn't break up like jello. You have to take a second, a second uh, taste. Why to is actually... that the you made me take a second taste too. Because it is the first is shocking, and the second one actually makes you. I think that face says adjust. it all. Yeah, you have to do the second one. The second one is where your your mouth is like recovering from the shock and actually can make a sound. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Yum. Oh. What the hell are y'all making me eat? It's how do we insert the? It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> It's not the flavor, guys. It really isn't. It's the consistency. It's uh, it's it's weird. It's like baby yeah, food. It is almost, very much, right? Yeah, it's very much the the consistency. Uh, yeah. Welcome wow. to our podcast. Hi, how's it going, guys? <laughs> Welcome. To I the just want to say that that was fucking spooky. That's why it's in here. <laughs> that is a paranormal product, if I may say so yeah, myself. Yeah, that is. Um, uh-huh. That is an interesting flavor. Uh, H-E-B, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> who tasted this? <laughs> yeah, who approved this? <laughs> that's Donkey Lady approved, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's probably who did approve it. <laughs> well, anyways. Um, oh, man, let so... me wash it down with some Miller. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, so... you know, I'm, I'm getting fancy because I want to propose a toast. Happy 3000, everybody. Oh, happy oh, 3000 yeah. downloads. Yes. Yeah, happy end <laughs> on 3000, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is going to be our first episode after the Paranormal Fest, so we just want to take some time before yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. to the, the topic at hand today, just to uh, say thank you to everybody that we met. Uh, we really appreciate y'all coming out. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got to meet uh, Chris and Kevin. Yeah, uh, thank you yeah. so much for stopping by. And just everybody that we met, we met the paranormal putas, the <laughs> ghoul gals, paranormal. I know Eric got to meet, uh, what was it, the 2-0, the paranormal 2-0 Seatown? Yeah, no, Supernatural 210. There we go, sorry. Um, say, uh, 
Uh, I was looking at it. Satan. I was all like, you're going to remember. I I didn't remember. Dyslexia <laughs> <This laughs> yeah, kicked yeah, in. Jared, Sorry. Jared and Steve, they're, they were cool. They were very cool. Yeah, everybody was so nice and supportive. Yes, and, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Reach out to us, guys. We'd love to collaborate. Yeah. And there was uh, the, <laughs> that one YouTube youtuber um oh the, yes guys please support this guy hold on, Jen, let, me, go ahead. let me uh i wrote it down because i was just like this takes dedication um here we go i think it was it the world of terror yes world of terror okay world of terror youtube we met one of the guys and they have a video of them saying Candyman five thousand times <laughs> It only That's took dedication. an hour and 45 yeah, minutes, I it's... believe, is how long. It... <laughs> wow. Dedication. That's hilarious. And when Eric was like, I'm going to do it 6,000 times, he was like, fucking do it. <laughs> so make my day. <laughs> Every man needs to be challenged. <laughs> I unfortunately was not allowed. Since I was bit by a dog man, I uh-huh. am under quarantine. Mm-hmm. I was bit by uh, goth ladies all night. Uh-huh. Yes. Mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was floating in a sea of pale white and <laughs> mascara. Well, was... Eric actually got to meet Miss Joanne. Yes, I did, and we chatted too. Which was... I I didn't get to when I saw her. She was very busy at the open bar, so <laughs> that sounds not, not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she was serving drinks, oh, not, okay. not <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I was all like, "Whoa, <laughs> my first Joanne. <laughs> No, uh, but I mean, I I gotta admit, like the event was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was an open bar, drinks were free. You uh, could go like wander around the house. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It I was, was there incognito, guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> with our our cryptid son. Yeah. No, he stayed locked inside the house. <laughs> Shut up! No, he did not. Don't call CPS on us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always have to say that. <laughs> like, we need to clarify. Yeah, it's a joke. <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, Wait, let's see. Let's see. There, there you go. go. <laughs> That's very professional. Yeah, we're moving on up here. Um, okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We got to meet a lot of cool people. We spoke to so many people, and if mm-hmm. y'all are listening right now, thank y'all guys yeah. for coming out. It was it was so great talking to everybody. Yeah, we got to hear a lot of people's personal tales, and some of there was one uh, person she had said that she hadn't even told her husband that story, and I was like, I feel so honored. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we had a gentleman uh, that was deaf, and he actually wrote out his experience to us. So that was also amazing. I was just like, wow, these people just want to talk about it. So oh yeah, I was about yeah. it. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. A lot, yeah, a lot of fun. So if. If we met you there, thank you so much for stopping by and taking time to listen. Even if you just listened to one episode and we're not your cup of tea, thank you for even trying us out. So I really appreciate it. Um, we're everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> She's all, I can't even stomach this tea. <laughs> we're like a, a fine michelada. That's what yeah, we're gosh. like. <laughs> Don't compare us to micheladas. <laughs> Like a fine, warm Lone Star. Yeah. There you go. All right. Might not be the best looking girl, but she'll get the job done. 
Good night. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, is there anything else? Oh, any creepy updates? Uh, where can we be found? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You can find us on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Audible. Um, I want to say there was another one. Oh, Podbean. Dungeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can send your stories to be read at letschatparanormal at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are Let's Chat Paranormal. <laughs> But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm starting a, a goth girl fan club. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, <laughs> um, okay. Any creepy updates before we begin? I do not have a creepy update, and I still have to get on to. Uh, oh man! Oh my god! So Logan woke up last night with like the most terrifying nightmare. He didn't tell us what it was, but he woke up shaking and startled oh, and terrified. And I'm wondering if it's the goddamn duck again. Fucking duck. <laughs> duck. Fucking duck. <laughs> Stop laughing, Jesse. <laughs> what? <laughs> Poor baby. You, Jesus, anything? Uh, no, not really. All right. No Aside cre- from that, uh, that chamoy mango <laughs> gelatin. <laughs> that was a yeah creepy update. <laughs> <laughs> we challenge anybody to try it. <laughs> we challenge you to eat a whole cup of that. <laughs> Just take the whole shot. I, I ate the whole cup. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I you did. were committed? Yeah. I was like, I paid money for this. <laughs> I am ingesting this Jesus. slowly. All righty. Like like I will a, not how, disclose how it comes out. When I transform into a, a dog man that is dog man approved. <laughs> funny, right. funny. Okay. I love it. Are we ready? Yes, I am ready. Okay. We are going to be talking about Waverly Hills Sanatorium. So the way we're going to do it is I'm going to talk about the history of it. And then Jesse and Eric are both going to be talking about the hauntings of it. Oh, yeah. And I got a good one. I got a good one. The, I, I didn't listen to all of the hauntings because I was like mainly listening to stuff at work and whatnot. But there was one that I was like, it mentioned walking on walls and the ceiling. Yes. And I just... I'm not about that life. Oh yeah. I oh, yeah. I got into the hauntings, but <laughs> this is going to be so stupid. I got sidetracked by the history and tuberculosis uh No, no, I mean aspect absolutely. of it and I yeah. was just so fascinated and then I went deeper into like the actual <laughs> I went to like a a video of like a medical conference <laughs> of the place leading into the diseases and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. Uh, it it was like about 2 hours. Yeah, I mean, the, the the whole history uh, during its time is a sanatorium, which I'd like to clarify that a sanitarium and a sanatorium are two, two completely different, different things. things. Yes. What? No, I have notes that literally say they're the same thing. Really? Uh, well, yeah. uh, they, they, they derive from different Latin words. Oh, yeah. well, I literally Googled what the difference was, and they both have the same definition. Huh. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, what? I had heard from many like sources that there are two different things. One uh, stating that it comes like it, it it derives from a word that means sanitary, and you know it's a place of of uh, healing. Uh, yeah, healing, and then uh, like a sanitarium is a place of rest. Like that, that's where the two uh, hmm. d- differentiate. Well, but I, I mean, I might be wrong, or we'll, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> we'll get to the we'll get to that. But alrighty, <clears throat> um, are we ready? Yes. Before we get. Mm-hmm. 
do you have that Mrs. Baggins uh, sticker on your car? Because I didn't see you come back with it. Um, I gave two of the Mrs. Baggins uh, decals to the paranormal putas, and oh. they they seemed to love it. So I was just happy that somebody else would share my weird obsession. Yeah, I was like, I'm not driving in that car if it says Mrs. Baggins. <laughs> You're going to get awkward stares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. People are going to be hungry. My luck, he pulls up next to me and he's all, huh? <laughs> so, hello. Baggins. Oh <laughs> okay, anyways. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, yes. I just want to share, I got my notes from Wikipedia, whsmemorial.tripod.com, and... AmericanHauntingInc.com. So, uh, let's start. Yeah. You've probably heard of Waverly Hill Sanitarium. Sanatorium. It's infamous for being one of the most haunted hospitals in the U.S., but do you know what happened there? Waverly Hill Sanatorium is located at 4400 Paralee Drive, Louisville, Kentucky, and opened its doors to the public in 1910. Today, it's owned by private investors that host ghost tours, various events, and paranormal investigation teams to explore the facility. Popular groups that have been throughout the years include Ghost Hunters, (sighs) Scariest Places on Earth, VH1 Celebrity Paranormal Project, Most Haunted, Ghost Asylum, Paranormal Lockdown, Destination America, and have even mentioned in the hit TV show Supernatural. But um, I also want to note, uh, so these special events that they do, so the one that is coming up (laughs) is on October 1st, and it is uh, Michael Myers from the Rob Zombie movie. (laughs) Uh, It's that Michael Myers, and you can do a ghost investigation with him and Deputy Gwyn from the movie, so... That's interesting. That completely is relevant. That is That's like that such is. a it's completely relevant. Yeah. <laughs> you could tour. You could do ghost tours with the celebrity. That's interesting. I, I mean, it, it's a thing. I mean, and, <laughs> well, can I vote to see like what celebrity will be there? I just, I my thing would my dream team for a paranormal expedition. Sorry, it would be me. Okay. Okay. Hispanic Elvis. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Fiesta Sucia. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and the Victoria okay. uh, oh I Hop Battle Girls. Because <laughs> if we're getting into something, I know they you got my the, back. You need the backup? <laughs> yeah. I got the backup. Shout out, Victoria. <laughs> I Hop Fight Girls. <laughs> Representing up there. Right. Damn. So let's get started on the history of the building. In 1883, Major Thomas H. Hayes purchased land to build his family home. The family was far away from other schools, so Hayes decided to open his own school for his daughters to attend. Hayes hired Lizzie Lee Harris to teach in a one-room schoolhouse. Miss Harris then named her newly formed school Waverly School. Hayes, taking a liking to the peaceful name, decided to call his property Waverly Hill, I just see you in the corner of my eye making faces because you tried that again. <laughs> it's so, uh, it, it reels you back in, soprano it, it style. I'm it telling you because of the taste. It's the taste that wants you wanting more. Yeah, the taste is phenomenal, but the, the texture, like you said, the, the consistency is terrible. And then you just have oh, to sorry. wash it down with the beer and you're like, okay, much better now. <laughs> I could dive back in. And then repeat. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. In the early 1900s, Jefferson County purchased the Waverly Hill property. During this time, a severe outbreak of tuberculosis was occurring due to the wetlands along the Ohio River that was perfect for the TB bacteria to, dry, to thrive. And I just want to know, I'm going to be saying TB mainly uh, just because it's just... I can't say tuberculosis. My, my, my sister's uh, <laughs> tongue is. <laughs> I know it, it's. I can't. I could not talk today. At yeah, work. she has the what I call Daffy Duck syndrome <laughs> right now. Mm. Anyways, well, I mean, like, like I said in uh, the oh my god, the the music world. Mm. What was it? Uh, Bobby Mackey's music world. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> my nickname was Licking River. Licking. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So. I have that tongue power. Goodbye, goodbye, Uh, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the county used a two-story wooden building on the property as a sanatorium. Before we move forward, I just want to point out sanitarium and sanatorium literally have the same definition. An establishment for the medical treatment of people who are recovering from an illness or have a chronic illness. Okay. So... but. it was basically established because of the TB outbreak. Yeah, yeah. was it? Yeah, oh. that uh, that oh, they, yeah, they boomed yeah. like never. Yeah, before I, I, that, had they been like literally just they boom popped up. They were literally popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean it, it. It was established because at first it had forty to fifty beds to accommodate patients, mm-hmm. but they quickly learned that that was not going to be sufficient enough. Mm-hmm. And when it finally like uh went into service the the first director like automatically approved an additional 150 beds and and this was not an isolated place like this was basically booming all over the u.s because yeah yeah not only to accommodate them but they quickly found out that essentially these people had to be quarantined or oh yeah yeah moved away from society and and that's where people kind of try to or draw a line and i'm gonna say that right they try to draw a line to say that like this was more for a nefarious reason by saying like you look man if you go up there you're pretty much guaranteed to die because i think at the time you had a 50 50 chance of survival uh i, I would say 50 50 is giving them a little bit too much optimism not, <laughs> well, yeah, not, true, nothing was developed <laughs> uh they didn't know the transmission rate or what yeah, how yeah. it got transmitted yeah. um so they knew they pretty much were guaranteed a, a, a death sentence. So yeah, yeah. I, I believe uh, Waverly had its own post office. Yeah, its own, yeah. I uh, mean, it, it basically, yeah, yeah, it became its own zip code, I think. It, it had its own zip code, which was, was like 502, right? USAA. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, basically no self-sustaining. Yeah. And, and let, let's also note that, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't just patients that were pretty much... Uh, uh, what what would you say? Like, I don't want to say doomed to isolation up there, but they, the, they were pretty much they're not getting out. Yeah, and and, and the nurses and doctors were, the same were pretty way. much yeah. there they, yeah. with them. There, the, there they was had no to live on the property. I believe yeah. the quarters said that they housed at the maximum about seventy five to eighty in the nursing yeah, quarters. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Like on hand staff at yeah, all times. At all times, that's, that's wild. Uh, and and it does. I mean, if uh, we we haven't gotten into like a description of the the actual building, but think House on Haunted Hill. That's what this fucking place looks like. Waverly Hills sits on literally like a, a hill, 
and it's I, surrounded by forest and it's I, a what five stories high i find it very charming it's it's very <laughs> the the architecture and everything it I'm like, is Man. not charming it literally looks like a haunted house <laughs> and you know one of the other things that i learned was uh that design uh was i i guess like the originator of the wings in a hospital oh. yeah because yeah. of the way that it's yeah the so, way it's shaped yeah because they wanted a, a nice airflow yep. to yeah carry that tv so anywho's the two-story wooden sanatorium was an admin main building with two open air pavilions housing 20 patients each in 1911 the city of louisville were in talks of building a new ho- uh, city hospital And from how I understood it, they didn't want to admit any new TB patients, so instead they gave the Board of Tuberculosis Hospital $25,000 to erect a hospital for the care of advanced cases. That is true. The U.S. inflation calculator I used only went back to 1913. So in 1913, $25,000 would be equivalent to $690,825.76. Yeah, but that money went like a long yeah, ways because that stretched. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because aside from the fact of people trying to say that this place was uh, like a death, a death sentence. I mean, it was ahead of its time. I mean, this was like a state-of-the-art facility. So it it, 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 it really was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was brand like brand new. They built it, and you basically had all the therapeutic treatment like yeah. as for the time that was you know revolutionary. <laughs> um, there's a lot of accounts of people in their letters to relatives going uh, complaining about the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they the the therapy for it was a lot of sunlight, a lot a, a lot air. of fresh air and nutritious f- food, diet, not yeah. good tasting food. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Then they they go on about that. They're like, we know it tastes like shit, <laughs> but it's nutritious, so we have to we have to endure it. It's the bubblegum syrup flavor uh, of food. So I can just I can just imagine it's like like That's, a grits type of oh, deal yeah. Yeah. or like any space odyssey movie where like it's like it's got all the nutrients <laughs> in it and you're like yeah what is it matrix was it matrix yeah the matrix yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got all your essential vitamins in there well uh i i would say that that was the least of my worries because if i was getting treatment that that is where i would start to fear <laughs> so i'm sure my sister's gonna get into that yeah soon. Okay, so on August 31st, 1912, all TB patients from the city hospital were relocated to temporary tents on the grounds of Waverly Hills until the hospital was complete. Finally, in December of 1912, the new hospital was complete and was ready to accept another 40 patients that were considered to be advanced. In 1914, a children's pavilion with another 50 beds was opened. Unfortunately, the children's pavilion was shared by sick patients along with the children that had parents that were being treated for TB. Yeah. Um, in March 1924, the construction of a five-story building that could hold more than 400 patients began. This building was opened on October 17, 1926. In 1943, 17 years after the five-story structure was opened, the antibiotics streptomycin was introduced, reducing the amount of TB cases until the point 
uh, that the need for the large hospital was no longer. And in June of 1961, the remaining patients were transferred to Hazelwood Sanatorium. And that year, Waverly Hill Sanatorium closed its doors. And it's estimated around 6,000 people died during this time. Can I? Yeah, they like to over-exaggerate that number. Check something. What? So this vaccine was developed pretty (laughs) hastily, I may add. And uh, (laughs) we're going there. We're going there. Nobody (laughs) said anything about any kind of uh, (laughs) telephone wires. Yeah, telephone (laughs) wires or, or... southern what is it southern bell was it was was it right right it was trying to take over the world (laughs) trying to tap your brain you know nothing of that sorts was being. they were like yeah give us the give us the vaccine buddy (laughs) yeah Uh, so i'm just gonna say it's kind of weird that what what year was this? Nineteen uh, well, nineteen forty six is when when the vaccine was actually created so like what we're talking about nineteen thirties nineteen they're, everybody was kind of going through this yeah so 1940 yeah. they're like hey, we got this for you guys and everybody was like this isn't rushed just give it to us <laughs> yeah no shit so this will be probably edited out more than likely so i just between those three i was like i found that very upsetting <laughs> oh yeah 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 Alrighty, so some facts about TB and the treatment that uh, the patients received there. Uh, Tuberculosis is a disease that damages the lungs that could spread to other organ systems that would slowly progress and, if left untreated, could cause death. And even if being treated, it's er, it would cause death. (laughs) It wasn't an immediate death, just to let you guys know. It was a long... Oh, drawn yeah. out death. Drawn out death. And and I'd also like to say that I also learned that TB had became a boutique disease uh in victorian era yes yeah so uh because it makes you emaciated and uh pale yeah and and that was the thing i mean people who were coughing up blood at the time into napkins they would fold it to where it could be seen and they would tuck it in their jacket pocket grody uh yeah so i mean uh but it wasn't until later that you know they they finally discovered like hey man you're basically the reason why you're killing billions oh, of people <laughs> or <laughs> hundreds of people you and your boutique disease yeah yeah because i mean it did it was uh i mean it's it's a it was also uh it was named a, the consumption disease yeah it was like uh, because it would it would eat you away basically and you would get this gaunt slim figure oh and uh gosh. other things which I, I'm drawing very close similarities from back then to now, like humans have not changed, sadly, because one of the things, one of the driving forces for the popularity of this disease were influencers. But in that time, more of artists, musicians, poets, and because all of them had it, mm-hmm. they believed or people believed that it had a hand in their creativity. Uchinga. So, yeah. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's that thin line between having that foot on the basically in i guess one foot in the grave where you can draw inspiration <laughs> from where you know your life is essentially rotting away right, so you, right. you do your best work knowing that you know you you have not that yeah. much time on yeah. earth Jesus. and yeah there was even another trend where women would wear really long dresses so that they could pick up filth from the street 
Yeah. And men would not groom their beards. So all of this I learned because of tuberculosis. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's very weird. interesting. It is very interesting. They would have loved jingles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then that's it was just weird. The the facial weird. hair business that was going on at the time. Yeah, Helen and Bottom Carter. You're not doing us any favors. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Anyways, okay. So, uh, doctors would most commonly try to treat TB with rest, fresh air, and nutritious food. Frequently, though, doctors would give lobectomies and pneumo... Oh my god, I can't say this, I'm sorry. Pneumoectomies. So how much salsa getty would they give them? <laughs> <laughs> That's a well-balanced nutrition meal right there. So... That that means they would remove infected parts or sometimes their whole lung. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just take the left lung out. What's <laughs> the right one? <laughs> <laughs> so another treatment was called phrenic nerve crush. So the nerve supply to one diaphragm is cut off, leaving it paralyzed and relaxed. Jeez. Yeah, higher in the chest. The intention was that that part that was relaxed was supposed to try and heal while the diaphragm on the other side would continue to act normally. Yeah, just put that other diaphragm extra hard to work. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so sun treatment, also known as heliotherapy, was used for TB in the glands, bones, joints, peritoneum, skin, eyes, genitourinary tract, and others. I want to say that I feel like this was my past incarnation that developed this campaign. <laughs> Everybody needs vitamin D. <laughs> and they're like, what? The sun, vitamin D. Oh, okay. Get naked. Put your, put your, put butthole, your butthole. Put your butthole. Doesn't let those D rays just come right in. I can feel the TV just disappear. So wait a minute. Isn't Sylvester Stallone's mom like a butt reader? Oh, yeah. She, she, I can't. Oh, you're going to make me Google this. <laughs> We're going down this rabbit hole, guys. <laughs> See, uh, my past incarnation was this guy. I, I was the guy. Well, everybody the... was asking the questions. You just leaned back in your seat and crossed your arms and just, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's called rumpology. There you go. It sounds like a, a Keith Sweat album. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yes, sir. rumpology or bottom reading is pseudoscience akin to phys... I don't even know how to say that word. Performed by examining crevices, dimples, warts, moles, and folds of a person's buttocks in much of the same way a chirologist would read the palm of a hand. <laughs> My mind just exploded with an epiphany. So, does she get, like... Butt photos, or does she nah, nah. examine she, them? In she person? examines them, but I'm gonna become a rumpologist so that I can examine. Oh my god, them. god bro, we would <laughs> we would get like the Victoria <laughs> IHOP fight girls to come in and be like, read my ass. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, all right, God, all right. Girl, I'm sorry, I got so distracted. I was like, butt readings. Okay. Butt readings. All you right. know what? At the next, uh, uh, that's what I'm going to set up as. The next paranormal. Yeah, place. I'm going to dress up gypsy wise and I'm going to put rumpology <laughs> with a little blue. Oh my God, I got, I got tears. That is all right. awesome. Anyways. I'm, I'm going for it. I'm, I, I came up with the idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to be the lone podcaster for Let's Chat Paranormal. I don't, I don't care. I'll go Miss Cleo on your oh, ass God. and I will steal every, <laughs> every single... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, let's get back to track. Right. <laughs> so, so, a more invasive procedure was the thora, thoracoplasty, I think that's how you say it. So, this is where several rib bones were removed Ow. around seven to eight to collapse a lung. Yeah. Doctors prefer to only remove two to three ribs at a time, though, so there would end up being multiple surgeries. This was in hopes for the patient's chest to allow more oxygen into their air or into their lungs, but this was often fatal. Yeah. yeah a lot of no shit. A lot of males were really happy about that while they were in isolation. They <laughs> I get it. Marilyn Manson syndrome. <laughs> I was so confused and you said <laughs> okay. To uh, we're breaking off of topic. Did, does everybody? Did everybody have a weird middle school rumor that Marilyn Manson removed his ribs so that he could, you know, perform oral sex on himself? Yeah. <laughs> or was that just our weird ass school? Like, please tell me because this was something I believed until like I was an adult. <laughs> She's on until right now. I was today years old when I learned <laughs> that this was not true. <laughs> Anyways. Who says it's not true? What? No. Goodbye. <laughs> Anyways, c- continuing. <laughs> um, okay. So the next one would be artificial pneumothorax. It was a treatment where air was introduced into the area that is covering the lung. It would then collapse the diseased area and would help <clears throat> lead to a full recovery, hopefully. Uh, for patients that could not receive this treatment, they would just lie them down on the affected site to restrict the lung and put it on a partial rest. That's basically just like, here, lay this way, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't sound like it would be very Turn helpful. to your side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so these are the, the more gruesome ones. So Yeah, it, here we go. This is... This is the the, yeah. the parts that made me, like, really squirm. Okay, so, yeah, let, let me say, though, okay, like... It, you're going to have an opinion if I didn't state this, uh, the listeners, you're going to have an opinion if I didn't state this at the beginning. Understand that TB was completely new. We had no clue how to treat it, how, to what, treat how, it. It, how it developed. Or, or So, what? yeah. So for a lack of a better term, we were literally throwing shit at the wall oh, and seeing what stick. stuck. Yeah, that's so, how it was. So do not, don't hold these people to like a nefarious level. Like they were literally just trying to help people. Yeah, there yeah. there was, it sounds very malicious now because yeah, of yeah. where we're at. But um, it, essentially these people are actually trying to help. They're yeah, trying to, yeah. they're trying to save the world because it, the way that it, they viewed it, it was essentially the next Black Plague. This was what yeah, was going to yeah. wipe out human, humanity at the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like like I like I said in the beginning, I mean, uh, that people had had or uh, analysts had narrowed it down to like one or two and four people were being taken by this. I mean, that's basically half of you know a populace, yeah, right there. Then you were basically going to die. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mortality rate was almost like ninety percent, or Jesus. you know, so yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. So mm. don't, I don't think don't, I don't think penicillin was a thing yet at that time. Also, uh, I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't think so either. Anywho's, all right. So uh, gruesome part. 
Some patients experienced a balloon surgery where they would have a balloon surgically implanted into their lungs and then filled with air to help um, inflate them. Other patients had their lungs exposed to ultraviolet light to try and stop the spread of the bacteria. Uh, this was done in what they called sunrooms where artificial light was used or on the roof or open porches of the hospital. Because fresh air was thought to be a cure for the disease, there are photographs showing patients outside in the snow. Yeah. Um, yeah. One such photograph shows a row of beds of patients accompanied by two nurses out in a snow-covered ground. Yeah, so imagine that. You are cut open, and your lungs are exposed, and they are bombarding them with UV light. It just seems so... Oh, 1928 is when penicillin... penicillin. Yeah. Wow. So, not too far. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, a lot of these people were forced to sleep outside. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, they, th- it was suggested. Uh, a lot of accounts were, they're sending letters to their loved ones. They tell them, like, you know, would they, they make us sleep outside. And uh, the higher elevations or, like, the mountain, right, they, right. They, would, they would it would be more suggested. So, they had a lot of, like, outdoor time. And it, it's weird because when... I personally, when I don't feel good, I don't want to be outside. Yeah, I don't shit. want the yeah. sun to hit me. I want to rest. <laughs> I want to sleep. Um, so imagine like you have a, you know, you feel real shitty, and they're like, "We're gonna put your bed outside because <laughs> you need sun and air." <laughs> well, I mean that, that is that is the way the way this building was designed as yeah. well. I mean they had a whole hall w- that was uh, dubbed the Sun Corridor. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was just open. There open. were no screens, no windows, no nothing. And it was they just... wanted that air to really flow through yeah. and spread that wonderful, <laughs> wonderful TB. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I am going to just get into some facts about the sanatorium. There is a 525-foot-long concrete tunnel called the Death Tunnel or the Body Chute. And it's not actually like a chute where like bodies are just like thrown down there. It was like a little rail system that they had. Yeah, you can walk it. Yeah. So that's where the patients were transported after they had died. The staff would take the patients out to the end of the tunnel where other staff would then take the bodies to be buried or cremated. This method was chosen by the directors of the sanatorium because they believed it would help keep morale up yeah. with the other patients. Oh, yeah. Let's just yeah. drag these bodies through the... Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? Which, I mean, again, again I'm sense. not trying to be or talk down to these people. I mean, that's all they had. They literally had to drag these bodies through this long tunnel because there was no other way. Like, they, they didn't have this technology where they could just transport them like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yes, they were dragged. All the way through there. <laughs> or, well, they had a, a little cart. Yeah, it was, it a, was like a it little like railway a lever and cart. Pulley, yeah, yeah, system. But, uh, oh, what the fuck was it? Oh, what did I read? It, it wasn't automated. It literally was like a push thing, right? Something I thought like it was that. automated. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh-huh. it wasn't literally like... I, I think that uh, the most important thing is like just to note that even though they call it like a shoot like a body shoot yeah nobody it wasn't like laundry where you would throw them down oh yeah so yeah don't think like sweeney todd's uh barber uh barber chair um but yeah uh like patients that had passed would be transported daily there basically so the kitchen had the capacity to feed up to 500 people and an average of 2100 meals were served daily 
So that's just a lot of mush, I guess. Non, yeah, I was about to say not delicious, but nutritious. <laughs> and on the property, there was a theater, a library, and workshops for patients to use. Like they were able to do crafts and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, to. the idea was so that they could have a trade as uh, if they, you know, left Survive. the property alive. Yeah. Make it out. yeah. Um, they and, also had a playground yeah. on the top of the roof. Oh, well, I didn't read that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a school for the children, uh, where they would actually spend about four four and a half hours a day in class. Cool. Yeah. So they had their own little thing going. But uh, uh that I I figure that's like the them just trying to give them a inkling of normalcy back to the, into their lives. Like, or, well, yeah, like to you death gotta, sentence basically. You gotta yeah, release yeah. them back into the world, into at the least populace. knowing how to read and shit. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I'm, I mean, and that's what I had actually read too was that a lot of these people either one they uh, assimilated to this lifestyle, and it was very hard for them to leave the as uh, asylum or uh, sanatorium afterwards. Or they became like incredibly depressive yeah. or depressed. And uh, they also had a very huge problem with patients screwing each other. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, like, they tell you you're going to die. Yeah. You know, what, yeah, yeah. what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the 1920s, uh, 30s, you yeah, know. They're hooking what are you going gonna to do? Start a YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Get on your Android phone. <laughs> Study rumpology. Yeah, it wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> oh damn it! They hadn't uh, blessed us with that power yet. Anyways, now back to the history. I have a very brief uh, remainder go to go. So the property had a brief stint as Woodhaven Geriatric Center from 1962 to 1982. The nursing home treated aging patients, those with different stages of dementia, uh, people with mobility issues, and severely mentally handicapped. It ultimately failed due to severe understaffing and overcrowding. In 1983, a developer by the name of J. Clifford Todd bought the hospital for $3,005,000. He, along with an architect, planned to convert the estate into a minimum security prison, but were ultimately blocked by the neighbors' protests. They even toyed with the idea of turning the hospital into apartments, but clearly that did not happen. Um, in March of 1996, there were plans to construct the world's tallest yes. Jesus statue <laughs> yes. at 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide. The cost of the statue alone was estimated to be $4 million, and there were plans to convert the sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and gift shop that would have cost an additional $8 million. <laughs> so this project was going to be $12 million. All of this fell through, though, due to lack of funding, and everything was canceled in December 1970 or 1997. So we were born during this time. I was nine years old. Thank you, Jesus. It's, just, it's such a remote area that I, I'm pretty sure that's why they were like, no, it's... And nobody's Who's going to come and see this baby Jesus? <laughs> so in 2001, Tina and Charlie Mattingly purchased Waverly Hills and began to host a haunted house attraction each Halloween and other events to help aid in the restoration of the property. There was even a music festival that occurred in 2007 called Sounds of the Underground. And just wait for these bands so that you can just get a 
fucking what is it blast from the past don't tell me like stabbing westward was no, supposed no, to no, be no. there no okay. no these are good bands bro oh my god okay. <laughs> he's saying that with sarcasm i think um anyway so job for a cowboy what the hell? The Casey strain. Hate breed. Oh my god. Shadows fall. What the hell? Chimera. Gore. Who like I'm just like yeah I could see Gore. There. <laughs> we live there. Cameo. <laughs> Lamb of God and the number twelve looks like you. But due what the to, yeah, hell? due to noise complaints from the neighbors, there will probably be, <clears throat> there will probably never be another music festival there. Oh my god, that is like those a, neighbors a, are very vocal. It seems yeah, just no job for a cowboy itself. I know. I would have been like, <laughs> aren't they the ones that are like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I went. They 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 call it a pig, pig squeal. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, oh my god, uh, Brie Brie. Uh, yeah, they call it Brie. There you go. I just remember like. I read that and I was like, I'm getting like 2006 flashbacks <laughs> I or know, something. Man. I would have been right at home there. <laughs> but anyways, like emo girls galore. That's yeah. the that's the end of my notes. Oh, very nice, All very right. nice. So if so, let's get onto these hauntings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get spooked and pooped. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So who wants to go first? I, I'm just gonna chime in every once in a while because, like, again, like I said, um, pretty much you're gonna cover all the hauntings that I have. And if there's any kind of information that I don't hear you say, I'll, I'll probably just chime in and be like, Oh yeah. Like there was this or like blah, okay. blah, blah. history yeah, wise. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you're covering the history too, right? On that part? No, no, I'm not covering no? any history. Oh. There's, there is one figure in this entire thing that I really focus so, on. Um, the, the gal that, you know, actually decided to build Waverly, mm-hmm. uh, Essentially, first it was a daycare. Really? Yes. Did not know that. I it was, thought it was the school. Yeah, the the school daycare, when she named it after author uh, Waverly, yeah. whatever. Yeah, the Waverly books. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, she essentially was just taking care of kids the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what did she tell? Uh, oh my god, that I read that she told him. Uh, oh my god, it it was like a weird insert that i heard about her like really wanting to kind of change the world through it oh shit okay and okay i guess the tb epidemic hit and that's where they saw their chance to kind of like yeah you know help yeah 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 all right well um so i i have uh plenty of accounts but like i said i focused on one aspect of this entire story that i found the most interesting because i mean it's argued that uh, were the ghosts there prior to the Mattingly's, or did the Mattingly's bring the ghosts? So, oh my god, my sister's dying. Do you want some? I'm gonna go drink water real quick. <laughs> I'm like, my throat is on fire. Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> it's those damn flaming hot Fritos. Oh my yeah. god, what do they do with those things? You know what? They are extra potent. Because, really? Yeah. Have you ever had Flaming Hot Fritos? No, and like, I'll have one afterwards. The 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 seasoning <laughs> that they use for like Flaming Hots somehow on Fritos it bumps like, them up to like intensifies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I gotta try this. Uh, Donkey Lady approved. Because. <laughs> uh, my grandmother and Chino, they like to make me hot sauce or salsa, and yeah, it never can now be you, hot enough. You fuck around with this, and you you inhale it the wrong way. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you, uh, when I first 
dove into these. I uh, I crumbled them up, and I uh, did the whole <laughs> out of the bag, pour it out yeah, of the bag, and all that dust went into my actual like nasal cavity, <laughs> and it was one of the worst. I mean, I still eat the fuck out of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm okay now. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people argue is whether or not the stories ha- were there before the Manningleys or after. Because uh, I don't think we want to get into that aspect of this. We just want to stay spooky with it uh, yes. because I, I think that is where it shines is the spookiness that it is now known for. That's what. That's why we're here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I have – this one became one of my favorites because – so you can apparently still see these gouges in the door, right? So kids have, uh, there was a group of kids who claimed to have gone in and broken into the to the place, but know that this place, it, it, its security is like really high. Yeah. You cannot get into this place oh, unless really? you have an appointment for like a tour or something. But somehow these kids were able to break into the building and they were going to vandalize the building. But when they entered one room, they actually got stuck. And there was this metal door that had shut on them and they were trapped in, right? And they're screaming. They they make it to a nearby window where they're screaming for somebody for help, you know, Uh, and they get some relief when they actually see one of the property guards drive up to the building and they're able to get his attention. So the guard finally goes up and he is able just to open the door just easily. And the kids run out and almost thank him. Right. And in a sense of relief, they tell them, like, look, man, we are sorry we came here to, you know, actually vandalize the building. But we got surrounded by shadowy figures and they wouldn't let us out. So they went on to explain to the guard that we even broke the fire uh, emergency box to grab an axe and were trying to break the door down, but it couldn't. And this just dumbfounded the cop because he he went up and easily opened the door. And people even say that on the tours, they when they reach that room, you can see the actual axe gouges in the door really? from them trying to get out. That's scary. Yeah, so that, that one was very cool because there is like pictures of people saying like, holy shit, the story is real. Now, whether or not somebody went over there and did it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But still, it, it's it's very cool to think. It's yeah, it's very. It's it's a nice story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's also uh, the story about the nurse who had hung herself out of shame because she was a pregnant woman in the forties, you know, having a baby out of, out of wedlock. wedlock. And uh, so the story goes that she got pregnant, and this was. Not very common for the time, or accepted for the time, being a single woman uh, with a career, mm-hmm. uh, pregnant, and so on. So out of shame, she uh, hung herself from the rafters of the room where she was found later. Uh, others have speculated that it was actually a doctor's baby, but he was married. And he tried to perform a abortion but it failed and actually killed her, and he set it up to look like, like a, a suicide. Oh, like shit. it was a suicide. Oh, and like if they were to do autopsies, it would be him doing it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. and and that's a that's another miss miss uh 
what do I, how do you say it? Like, it, it's, it's not what people believe, right? So people have said that there is a bloodletting room in that, in that building, mm-hmm. but they've may they may have mistook it for the actual morgue because they have a morgue there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sori says that, or local legend, let me say, says that they actually hung people from hooks <gasps> and then, uh, let their blood out and then incinerated the body to try to keep the, the infection from oh, <laughs> spreading. Fuck. Sorry, I'm just, no. <laughs> so there's other legends that uh, tell of a man in a white coat who has been seen walking into the kitchen and then shortly after smelling what food, uh, what would smell like food being cooked. Oh, okay. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Finish. And then I'm going to say something. Okay. All right. So even in the dilapidated state the kitchen is in, a number of people have reported footsteps in the room. A door swinging shut of its own accord, and the smell of fresh baked bread in the air. That's what I was gonna say. It's like yeah. the this. That's what I keep uh like <clears throat> over and over like podcasts and YouTube videos that I would be listening to. Like they kept mentioning the fresh baked bread. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that is a very common thing. Yeah. Uh, what What about carbs in this <laughs> nutritious diet? Excuse me. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> carbs the enemy or Atta- something? Attacking <laughs> a nutritious. It's trying to help. Our, our Is that nutritious? You're attacking our gruel here. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, give me the bread. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's the best part of it. <laughs> so, uh, tour guides at Waverly Hills have reported seeing doppelgangers of themselves. Ooh. And of others, such no. as like the attending guests. Oh, hell no. In some cases, the doppelgangers were almost identical, except for black holes where their eyes should be. Yeah, that's the whole, uh, what I like to call the shining aspect thingy, where, like, they see each other, and they're like, oh, uh. I don't like that. That sounds creepy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, one of the more uh, active spirits that a lot of visitors claim to see is that of a young boy named Timmy and who roams home. the halls of the old hospital. Yeah, and his uh, favorite toy. Yes. So, uh, looking for something to play with, some guests have been said to bring him balls. And those balls are then seen floating in the air or rolling down the hall on their own. Sometimes Timmy already has his own ball to play with. It's also said that he has a friend in the afterlife, a little girl named Mary who is said to love to play hide-and-seek with the visitors and guests within Waverly Hills. Both are reported to be seen running through the wings of Waverly Hills with a faint echo of laughter where they are spotted. That, oh, that just makes me sad. I'm like, oh, poor baby, you're stuck there. <laughs> Why? At least he has a friend. Well, they shouldn't be there to begin with. I'm sorry. Anything with the kids, I'm just like, oh, It gets no. her, yeah. It gets her. <laughs> Immediately. Okay, so before I get into like my my favorite part about all of this, the Jesse, worst part. yes, <laughs> Jesse, do you have anything? Um, I, I don't know what you're gonna as as far as what I read into it, haunting wise. Um, it's again without trying to like add fuel to any kind of fire. Uh, it's all basically based on the on. On the, the the owners, right? Right. You know what? Uh, the Maddie police. I'm pretty sure you'll cover um, falling over person and animal thing. No, I didn't get no. that. No. So, no, no. Uh, 
the owners have a, a, a certain incident that happened where a homeless guy had broken into the right the, right. the building and uh he was essentially you know squatting there right, right. and he had a, a a dog companion with him so uh it said that the dude fell down that uh elevator shaft elevator shaft yeah uh and he took the dog with him, which is like a very strange <laughs> thing that both of them would fall down an elevator shaft. Right, right. Um, and some of the the people and the owners are said that they'll see the dog uh-huh, uh-huh. and the, the the homeless man appear, and they'll, yeah, they'll try yeah. to call the dog over, and the dog will be like non-responsive, and he'll just he won't even like it won't even be like that walking against the wind shit. Yeah, the yeah. dog's just like. Pfft, I'm on, <laughs> you know. And I'm, yeah, and I remember that because people have reported uh, walking by that elevator shaft and having bricks thrown at them. Oh fuck! Because he, he so essentially the way the story also goes is that yeah he he was squatting there and the cops were actually going to throw him out, but he begged them and asked them like, look, uh, he basically asked them like, hey, I'm here. I've chased people off. I'm trying to help keep you know this place uh, safe. Uh, for everybody who comes and visits and so on so they allowed him to and uh yeah so the next time some vandals had broken into the building it said that he went to go run them off but they ended up throwing him in the dog down the elevator shaft. so yeah, yeah. It, it, the story just varies a lot i've, I've heard like oh yeah two yeah. or three different versions of it um i, I think it was a real guy i, I yeah. never was yeah. able to actually put much like research into that right right so but the owners say that they've actually seen it they experienced it they did the whole thing so as far as i know you know it's an actual thing so you know a lot of people do the thing where they kind of like to peer into the the elevator shaft to see if they can feel that tugging force you know some that, brave that, shit. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing. Like, you know, you have your dog on the leash and you're like, I'm going down. You're coming <laughs> with me, buddy. Like, wouldn't you just let go of the leash knowing that you're going to fall? Or would you take your dog with you? No. Hmm? No. Maybe if it's my dog, you're coming with me. Yeah. Why do you Texas hate dog Lola? man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's, well, yeah. he's talking about Lola. Oh. oh. Our beautiful little multi. That'd be, wait, wait. Just throw the dog. <laughs> Take the dog. <laughs> my poor baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so if uh, we don't have any more, I want to get into my most favorite part of this story. Yeah, yeah. We're Jump into ready. it. Yeah. Yes. Ready. Okay. So one of the more feared ghosts, right? Like what we've been talking up until now about is in terms of like ghosts and spirits. It's kind of child's play because, yeah. Here comes the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So this is basically the origin of the creeper, which is arguably uh, between two camps, you know, something not of this earth, demonic, or, you know, uh, who knows what. I have my own opinion. Yeah, it, 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 it essentially <clears throat> rides the line between poltergeist-ish yeah, and yeah. demonic, which yeah. is, you know. It's kind of scary. Yeah. So before we get into the creeper, though, we have to introduce Richard, who is also known as Shadow Eyes. Right. So rumor has it that when Richard showed up the first day, animals poured out of the woods to be near him. Deer and squirrels and all kinds of animals hung out around Waverly. Neighbors also noticed hundreds of crows moving in. 
When Richard left, so did all the animals. Hmm. Late at night, a group of teens... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So I have to clarify that this is also a uh, written-in account on one of, uh, like, the. <laughs> I forgot to take down the actual website, but these were a group of people who were doing, like, research just the same as us uh, on this, and they actually had someone write in their account with this. Okay. So, uh, late at night, a group of us teens would sneak out of our bedroom windows and watch the orbs of silvery light that gathered around Richard's room. We saw them mostly around 1 a.m., and they'd always disappear before dawn. It was like watching groups of illuminated hummingbirds darting around the building. A presence they called the Creeper stayed with Richard and even followed him the morning he left Waverly. Talk Among the Staff claims there are two pictures of the Creeper— one was taken by a male orderly as the creeper hovered in a doorway. The other was taken of a, the creeper hovering in the do, uh, driveway as the shadow eyes left. Once, the creeper manifested in the ECT room and stopped the doctors from electrocuting Richard, which I'm going to get into. Two of the nurses claim ghosts left gifts at the foot of Richard's bed. Rumor has it the ghost of a little boy gave Richard one of his old shirts. One nurse claimed there was a name embroidered on the front of the of that Richard of that shirt Richard hid and uh inside his pillowcase until he left. And I guess they never found out what the name was. So one night Richard escaped and made his way outside. The two staff members that chased him did not fare well. The janitor fell from the fifth floor and ended up in a wheelchair. The orderly was critically injured in a car wreck when he left Waverly that same morning. There was also a very bad male patient locked up on the fourth floor. He tormented Shadow Eyes for, from the very beginning, and the other male patients followed his lead. One night, the verbal abuse got really bad. That's when the creeper appeared in the bully's room and sent him over the edge. The bully's screaming caused security to place him in a straitjacket, sedate him, and take him up to the fifth floor. After that night, the bully stopped. So... Good stuff. And after all of that, I'm pretty sure people were asking, well, what is the creeper? Mm -hmm. Where did the creeper come from? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the next is a uh, a note that was a part of the case file on the incident. And supposedly a daughter of one of the nurses who was present at this experience had actually stole the file and posted it online for people to review. And this is uh, a man named Harold Woods Claims. Right, he he was uh, at at he was also present at this. So I am going to get into this account because this is probably w of, of doing all of this with y'all for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, this has to be some of my favorite writing. If this is not true, okay. What was that? Yeah, what was that? What was what? You didn't hear that noise? Yeah, no, I didn't hear a noise. Why? Oh, well, I don't know. It's not Buffy. Yeah, I heard it too. What was it? I don't know. It sounded like a... Well, I don't know how to describe that. Yeah, I heard it. I'll review it when I do the, the what, editing. But what did it sound like? I don't I, I don't know how to describe it. It sounded like a... Yeah, it sounded weird. Like a, a, like a gust of wind? Or... or I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it was like... Well, it was a noise. So yeah, it's... I know it was a noise, but it I don't... 
I can't place what it could possibly be. Like a yeah. Oh, you know what? It it may sound like a chunkler rubbing over the floor. Like huh. it sounded like a sh- like someone just stopped pumping the brakes. Uh, like on when they're walking. <laughs> I don't know. Was uh, there... I was watching. It wasn't Bappy. I have. I'm watching him on my phone. Oh, was it like a dog man outside? He's like, the recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now now that we've uh, that that was kind of weird. I, I'm with you on that one. I heard that too. But back to uh, Harold Wood's account, right? So, like I said, this was a note uh, that was posted by one of the daughters of the uh, attending nurses. And again, this is a case file. So I had been working part-time on the fourth floor as a nurse, nurse's aide, and became good friends with Nurse Wilson and Nurse Holland during that time. I also knew Albert Bordinero, the director, for a long while. I clearly remember the events in the room as if they happened yesterday. I will only address this one paranormal incident, for there were too many to cover, and I won't be discussing any abuse that took place upon the child that week. I had no hand in it back then, and I want no part of it now. Everything changed inside the entire sanatorium the very minute that the child, Richard, walked into the building. It was very perplexing to say the least. We were put out by the amount of squawking crows that morning, flying all around the child as he stepped out of the Black Plymouth. Those crows numbered in thousands, and were flying landing all over Waverly. I met Richard in the office when he, they took his ID picture. The terror the child was feeling at the time was quite apparent to all of us. For being such a little lad, he had a strong presence. He seemed to me much like a cherub, and I felt he was what we called back then an old soul. He was a beautiful little boy, polite, always replying with yes sir or yes ma'am. He never said a word to the men unless asked a question. He was very gentle and moved and walked about quietly, much like a cat. Eventually, he would come to be known affectionately as Shadow Eyes. I remember the child made eye contact with all of us briefly. He avoided looking at us men folk mostly. His glare, those penetrating green eyes, still resonate with me today. The child had a strong distrust of men. His eyes alone told the story. Richard was able to see right through us men folk, read our minds like an open book. From then on, I stayed cleared of his gaze, making sure to never have direct eye contact with him. Okay, so the next part is a bit of a trigger, right? Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's nothing too graphic, but it, it does, uh, I want to warn people, uh, does contain harming a child. Mm, oh, no. Okay. <clears throat> so the first time I saw the smelly black entity known as the Creeper was on August 23rd, 1967 at around 1030 a.m. Richard was wheeled into the room for his second ECT and strapped down on the table. There were two doctors from outside the sanatorium, who I had never seen before. One male nurse, one male orderly, and one female nurse. I overheard the doctors discussing upping the voltage on the ECT machine. Way too much for a little child to endure. I felt feel that may have triggered the whole event. When they hit the, the on switch, and the electricity hit the child, and he let out a scream that was so loud and ear-piercing, it gave me a headache. The child spit out his rubber mouth guard, and then things only worsened from him for him then on. During Buckman's, uh, Dr. Buckman slapped the child in the face and scolded him for spitting out his rubber guard onto the floor. When he slapped that boy in the face, the atmosphere changed quickly. The look on Richard's eyes was pure rage. 
I had never seen such a look for my child. He was direct, uh, directing his gaze right at Dr. Buckman. His face turned blood red. Sweat poured from the child. The veins in his neck and arms were pulsating. The child was strapped down and seemed so helpless now. It was making me sick to watch this abuse. I was about to leave the room when they hit the switch for a second time. The screaming only intensified, becoming louder and more violent. The child was screaming for his life, for his father, his mother, to God to help him to get off the table and make it all stop. I looked over to Nurse Holland, who was beginning to cry and panic for the child's safety. At this point, Richard soiled his pants and urinated on the table. Then his eyes looked as though they were lit up, perhaps from the electricity. His eyes glowed and started to bleed. He threw up, choking on his vomit, and white foam began to run from his mouth. Unable to scream any longer, Richard went still. It seemed to me the doctors were enjoying this. I wanted to call the police. One more time, Dr. Bender said, oh not giving God. the child a moment to rest or clear out his mouth. At this point, Richard looked as though he had passed out. Yet they hit the switch again, and something terrifying happened. All right, ready? The radiator in the treatment room began to clang and clang, as though it was being struck with a hammer. Crows were flying into the window as if they were trying to break the glass, then started piling up on the outside window ledge. The sounds from the radiator and the crows became louder and louder. The northeast corner of the ceiling, a black haze started to drip down on the ground. It was not actually touching the ground, though. However, instead, it collected a few inches off the floor. The smell of burnt flesh, sulfur, and rotten eggs filled the room. This thing started to grow in size, and within seconds it was about nine feet high. A solid black mist. It started taking on the shape of having only a head and shoulder area. Then it broke that form. Floated with what I looked like a black and gray spider web draping behind the mist as it moved over the shroud and shrouded the child like a big black blanket. We all heard the grumbling, a terrifying, very deep tone. A broken static-like voice saying, Get out. Get out. Go from the child. Leave him now. Not one of us was able to move a muscle. We were unable to see the child through the black mist, but we were definitely seeing, smelling, and hearing this thing from uh, before us. I was thinking, what if, it, if that thing somehow consumes the child right before us? Talk about a lawsuit. Crazy for them to think, what was that? I heard if some if someone said something from over there. Really? Yeah. I was like, I'm not getting anything. <laughs> okay, so uh, back back to the story. The glass beakers began to fly off the shelves, crashing into the walls. Books, papers, anything not glued down began to fly around the room. Nurse Holland, hit in the face with a flying glass, fainted to the floor. We all took off running out of the room, all of us. And I'm not proud of myself for leaving the woman on the floor. Two of us went back within minutes with a gurney for the nurse for Nurse Holland. I grabbed a camera and was able to take a snapshot of the entity, now standing in the doorway to the room. The entity then vanished from the room faster than it appeared. After tending to Nurse Holland, we all ending up in the chapel talking and trying to pull ourselves together. Nurse Holland was fine, just a few cuts and scrapes. She said to the doctors, "I want to get the little uh, to go get little Richard off the table. Oh my God, take him he to was his still room." In there? Get him showered and cleaned up and tend to him. She was ordered by the doctor, you leave that freak right where he is. That was something that none of us in that room can really ever explain. 
things worsened health-wise for uh, uh, some of us. A few died shortly after. Some quit and moved out of Kentucky altogether, heading in different directions with their lives. I hear that the picture I took of the entity after all these years ended up in the possession of the child, Richard. So, she goes on <clears throat> to actually uh, put her belief out there. So, I believe that the little child's pain and suffering that morning somehow brought about the manifestation of an entity that many now call the Creeper in front of five people inside Woodhaven. It was clear to all of us standing in that room that morning that the entity was without a doubt protecting Richard from his abusers. To tell the truth, I was glad for that. However, all involved paid dearly uh, for their part in the torment, abuse, and suffering they heaped upon the child. I have gone on and lived a full life, as did Nurse Holland, and I feel that Nurse Holland and I, being the only ones in our heart against this abuse, farewelled. Criticism have continued concerning these accounts. A lot of the focus was placed on those who were there and viewed this entity through our own eyes. However, the doctors and professors of uh, parapsychology now know better and stand firmly behind the poltergeist event, as do I. God bless Shadow Eyes. So, like I said, that so that that is the end of that that supposed case file. Okay. And uh, did you know he is actually a person? And he is alive. Oh, really? Yes. So you can actually do a bit of searching and actually find him. But he, uh, everybody that has ever tried coming in contact with him, he has never spoken to them. He has never spoken about the events. He has never said anything. But he, I, I think he has acknowledged like, yeah, the story is about me, but I won't speak about it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So a little bit about the creeper. So this dark entity crawls along the floor and even up walls and on the ceiling. Many believe that the creeper to be an inhuman entity, a malevolent being not of this earth. It has long, crudely twisted arms and legs. It's reported when the guest or witness encounters the creeper, they are to immediately evacuate the grounds, for it will not stop in its pursuit to harm the poor soul that gazed upon it, filling them with an overwhelming sense of dread and impending doom. <clears throat> so, what'd you think? It's pretty intense, right? It is, and like I got teary eyed <laughs> when you're t talking about what they were doing to this poor baby. It's yeah. just like, oh, that that's intense. Because uh, from what I learned historically wise is that these people would treat TB with electroshock therapy because the TB would get into their brain. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was like the only way that they knew kind of how to treat it. Which mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is a fucking weird to treat tb <laughs> to the brain but whatever yeah yeah so i do have one last account okay uh of a tour guide that actually encountered the uh the creeper and there have been other people who have encountered it but it pretty much goes the same like the moment they claim that they've seen this entity they are told to leave be like i said because i mean this thing is going to continue to pursue relentless them. yeah yeah relentlessly so uh this again was an encounter from a tour guide the first time i encountered the the creeper i was coming out of the doorway on the left which she provides a picture right while guiding a tour group we were about to take a break on the rooftop everyone had just finished a walkthrough of room 502 and this is where the nurse had hung herself right and entered the ward that you see pictured, which again, like I said, she has uh, this the the pictures of where she was doing this. I walked through five hundred two, checking for stragglers. After finding no one, I started to step through the doorway. I looked down and stopped suddenly. 
realizing there was an object the size of a lawn trash bag right at my feet. I was so close, I almost fell over it. Next thing I knew, it moved. I was in shock as the black object scurried to the left of the room and just disappeared into the darkness. And I like that one. That one was so good. (laughs) Because you get like the trash bag moving in your head type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not about it. Yeah, so... uh, the creeper, yes, I, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty much become like the the, uh, the mascot of, <laughs> of Waverly because people go there with a full intent of trying to see the creeper. Like mm-hmm. that is their goal is to see the creeper. Well, you know what is so strange is like back in like I want to say 2010, 2011, I used to listen to a podcast called uh, I think it was like Whispers Paranormal Radio or something. Oh, okay, cool. And like I think that they used to to go to Waverly Hills. I the reason I even suggested Waverly Hills was because I remember back then they would talk about going there and like doing their own little sessions and whatnot and unless I'm getting it mixed up with a different podcast that I used to listen to right, but right. uh like they just made it seem really creepy and I think I remember a mention of the creeper but like imagine going back all the time so that you could try to meet this thing <laughs> that you know like once you see it you're you got to get the fuck out of there like no I'd be like mm. oh well that's that's why I can't be a paranormal dedication. investigator. Yeah, I I mean I would be down to seeing this thing. I really would. I would not. Like I said, you get me Hispanic Elvis, Fiesta <laughs> Sucia, and the Victoria IHOP Fight Girls. Oh my I'll god! I'll go anywhere. Oh my gosh! You give us a, a Yeti cooler. A, sorry, my brand now, Dogman cooler. Oh my Dog god! We're branching yeah. out. Uh, ice, couple modelos, <laughs> some uh, <laughs> what are they called? Fuck. Um, Limeritas in there. <laughs> hey, we'll take any creeper on. <laughs> Fuck that creeper. Yeah, the the Victoria IHOP girls. My my uncle's name Creeper. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say that sounds oh like somebody's God. like deal. Uh, yeah, little Inmate creeper. Deal. Yeah, little creeper. Well, oh my God, that was great, and I'm gonna have nightmares. So thank you. Yeah. That that is my goal. I know it sounds very mean, but I know my sister really enjoys these things, and that's why I try to find like the spookiest thing. That is my goal is or to well, spook her out. You know what? Uh, when we were at the the at the oh god the paranormal fest, Goth girl fest. Um, anywho, so one of the ladies, I don't know if you were there, if you had walked up towards the end when I was like, oh my god, you're an amazing star- storyteller. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, she I know was you're, like, you're an amazing listener because you get so into it. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Are you calling me a faker? I know. I was just like, no, because I, I genuinely like start focusing in and it's just, it gets too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And but, she was. Oh, my God. If you're listening, uh, ma'am, please write in your stories. They were so good. There, they were so good. That was, that was, she had some really good stories. There was a lady that worked downtown, like, at the Alamo oh, and yeah, whatnot. She her? had good stories. Yes. Just like, oh, my God. Everybody, just send in your stories. Let's yes. chat and, and Chris and, Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, and Chris and Kevin, they, uh, they introduced us to uh, their sister and sister-in-law. And oh, they yeah. say that she has some great stories. Write them in. Write them in. Yeah. We're so excited to hear some good stories. So, yeah, definitely. But I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank yeah. you for sticking with us. 
Uh, again, send in your stories to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Audible, and Apple Podcasts. There yes, we go. And, and yeah. if you if any uh, goth ladies out there want their their posteriors red, <laughs> just uh, just adding rumpology business there's, card. Yeah, there's gonna, there's gonna be a, a clashing. There's gonna be two sex. It's gonna be his area and then mine. I do my rumpology different. It's a whole ambience. Why, why? I do the Miss Cleo thing. When when are you doing this rumpology? Listen, child. <laughs> you will get your turn. It's for paying customers. I'm going to slap you. You get your rumpology for free. <laughs> These people got to pay. Oh, my God. Call me now. <laughs> Anyways. All oh right. My well, God. thanks for sticking with us. Uh, hopefully, you have a good next week and uh thanks bye just rubbing it you're gonna be rich <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. well it, it sounds like a match yeah like, I, I'm, I'm really into this i'm uh-huh. i'm gonna go buy some some cords i'm i'm, I'm going and um all in on this i, I have i have essential oils for these readings i just yeah. want to put it out there <laughs> my sister is not happy i know this. i'm just like just ignore these charlatans <laughs> how dare you talk about my gift and profession like that. i know wow yeah it's what I like to call when I touch the rump. It's like the shining. Mm-hmm. I, I do the same thing the way he does with the finger. I'm just mm. doing it in a bunchy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Did you just play queen on my butt? <laughs> all right, guys. God. Wrap it up. <laughs> all right. Always. Oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm not. All right. Have a good night. Good weekend. Whatever. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.